Hello and welcome to the High Performance Nursing Podcast with me, your host Liam Caswell. Join me as we lean in, get curious and take strategic and meaningful action to build our high performance nursing careers. Hello and welcome to this episode of High Performance Nursing. I'm thrilled that you are listening and today we have an awesome guest. I am fangirling big time here. We have Zara Lord from UPage. Hello Zara, thank you for coming on the podcast. Hi Liam, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited uh, for you to share your story, your nursing career story, and the amazing UPage story with the high performance community. Let's kick off with uh, how you kind of became a nurse. Like, why did you become a nurse? What was your motivation for, for becoming a nurse? And um, yeah, let's start there. So my mum was a nurse, but I didn't at the time think that that influenced me. I actually wanted to do something in creative industries, ironically, now when I look back on it. But I didn't want to be a struggling artist and I knew that I had way too much attention to detail to be be good at creative industries because I'd never be productive. And I thought nursing is a great career because you've, you know, you do shift work. The minute your shift is finished, your time is your time. Um, you don't you kind of give it away. You don't give your time away to your career the way you do in some other professions. So I thought it would be a great balance. And no matter what, um, you, you, um, the knowledge you learn, you have for life. So even if I only did nursing for five years, um, it would be helpful when I have kids and a family or uh, with friends. So I thought that that was a really good, um, a good, good foundational knowledge anyway. Then I got into it and I started to love it. Uh, and especially when I transitioned into intensive care, uh, it was the best job and I worked in the most incredible hospitals. So I'm very, very grateful for that. Fellow ICU nurse here, and I love your, your backstory of, you know, I'm creative industries because that's right up my street. That's why I started the podcast was to create, find that creative outlet for myself yeah. because in nursing, I don't know what your experience has been, but um, it's kind of hard to get creative in nursing. Like you can a little yeah. bit, you can have fun at work, but you yeah. can't really get creative when you're, you know, doing the IVs or like putting somebody on hemodialysis, for example, you've kind of got to follow the process and procedure. I agree. I think mm. the closest is the, uh, the OCD ways that, that we can tidy up cables and sort our pumps out. But that's, I think, about as far as it goes. Absolutely. So you've spent eight years, is that right, in ICU, working in ICU? Six or seven years. Six seven years, years in ICU, I think, total in total. Um, but I'm an eighth-year nurse. So I did, um, I did do two years nursing back in Brisbane um, in an ENT plastics Maxfax ward in one of Brisbane's biggest public hospitals. Um, really loved that. And then got an opportunity to move down to intensive care in Sydney. Um, and I was working at the Royal North Shore Hospital in, in ICU. I absolutely loved it. Amazing. So tell us why you loved it, because lots of people listening, one of our most listened to podcast episodes um, with high performance nursing is around critical care nursing. And I know that mm-hmm. it's a lot of people's kind of career goal to get into ICU. And I certainly loved working in that field as well. What is it about ICU that you you love so much? I initially got into it because I thought it's such a great learning opportunity. You know, in my first year in intensive care and maybe this is unique to this hospital I don't know I remember having 14 paid study days and I wasn't a new grad 
So we had a whole day learning about the heart, a whole day learning about the brain, a whole day learning about ICU drugs. I just felt like there was so much support. Um, I also knew that once you've worked in ICU or a critical care area, that uh, you, you can get a job anywhere. Um, and you, that level of experience is so valuable, especially because even though it's a specialty, it covers a breadth of specialties. So you get, you, you know, you touch into cardiothoracic, uh, cardiology, um, orthopedics, all of those specialties can end up in ICU. Um, so then going to wards or going to clinics or any sort of work after that was a, was a great transition. Mm. What I loved about it on a day-to-day basis is the people you work with and the, the way people, the way the team works together. Everyone has such an important role. Um, the, the educators that step in and support you, the orderlies that turn up to trans- help you transport your patient to um, down to theatre, the team leader, the, run- the um, access nurse, the runner nurse, everyone works so beautifully together. And I used to get a real kick out of when the, the ICU doctors would come around and they'd be having their discussions about what they think's going on. And the consultant would turn to you and say, and what do you think, Zara? Mm. Yes, yes. Because a good ICU doctor knows that, well, this nurse has been eyeballing this patient for the last 12 hours and they've got probably a fairly good idea of what's going on. While we don't have all the answers, Mm. we really know that patient in and out. And I loved that level of, as a detailed person, um, I loved that that, um, level of detail and being able to really have an impact on people, Mm. even if it wasn't. Clinically, even if you know we have, our hands are kind of tied in some ways with the direction that um, that it can go, but even if you can't have an impact on the outcome of the patient, um, being able to support a family um, going through what is one of the worst days of their life, it, I felt really privileged to be able to be a part of that and have an impact on that moment of someone's life. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. I'm I'm really curious. You obviously have a really good idea of kind of your your skill set and your strengths and and you've mentioned a couple of times that you know detail orientated going into ICU did you know that or is that something that you kind of came across whilst you were working in ICU or is that what attracted yeah. you there because sometimes I... we talk about sorry to sometimes right. we talk about um you know we talk a lot on this podcast about nurses getting to know themselves and getting to yeah. know what their strengths are um and where they may they they might fit within the health system yeah, I don't think that I was acutely aware of being a detailed person. I think that's something that I've started to to learn about myself over time. Um, but I think at the time I knew I would get a lot out of it. Um, I was definitely intimidated by it before I went in there. Um, you know, it's like you kind of put certain things up on a pedestal and you think, am I smart enough to do that? Uh, when in actual fact, I, I in later years have realised that you'll exceed at anything that you're passionate about. Uh, if you enjoy doing what you're uh, what you're doing, you'll mm. um, you'll do what it takes to learn to learn the things um, and and be good at it. So, um, yeah, I think follow your heart over your over all the stories in your head telling you you might not be able to do it because, um, uh, yeah, I absolutely loved it and um, I I still miss it today. Yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, the story the story that I'm telling myself is this, mm. and it's not true. <laughs> Just go mm. for it. You know, push your boundaries. Absolutely love that. So ICU, you love your ICU career, and then you've made quite a transition over the last few years um, in setting up UPage. Can you tell us a little bit about that process um, and maybe a bit about what UPage is and, and how you come to, you've come to this point? Yeah, sure. 
So UPage is a digital platform that connects uh, skilled nurses with on-demand work. Um, and disintermediating the recruitment agency model and providing nurses with direct access to on-demand work in healthcare organisations, uh, be it shift by shift, term contract or permanent placements. Um, we don't have any say over who gets placed where. What our technology does is facilitate a great user experience. And really importantly, it creates informed clinical decision-making. So we're not the ones deciding which nurse is going to be placed where. We provide both parties, both the nurse and booking manager, all the information to make an informed decision. So the reason why I, I built UPage, kind of, it goes a long way back, and that is that um, I grew up on a cattle station in remote northwest Queensland, and I think this is, even though that's so far removed from nursing and so far removed from technology, uh, it really built the foundations of my interest in business. Um, my parents were really, are, are really um, intelligent business people and they've grown and scaled um, a beef cattle enterprise and diversified it to include animal psychology and rotational grazing on a large-scale cattle operation, something that I'm still in awe of today. But I really loved dad's and mum's um, business principles, their communication, their negotiation skills, the way they structure their business um, and so we were always a part of that discussion. Then when I stepped into the nursing world and my whole career, I picked up on-demand work, uh, right from in uni, working as an AIN in addition to, um, in addition to study. Um, then when I, was, um, when I moved down to Sydney and I was working um, in wards you know, across Sydney with a nursing agency, um, really enjoyed the challenge of having to step into new environments and find your way around and work out who to, who to ask for different things. Um, and then working in um, in ICU in all the private ICUs um, across Sydney, in addition to my full time work. So I really loved that ability to top up your income, um, to experience new facilities, gain new skills. And I think it was I always found it important to uh, to not get stuck in one way of of how to do things. Um, so at this hospital, this is how we how we um, manage. Sea dads, um, and in this hospital, this is how we take out underwater seal drains. So those slight variances, um, it, I think it was really important to me to not get um, entrenched in one way, one belief of a way of doing things. So then, the other major reason why I started this was the when I look around the ICU or the wards that I worked in, you've got these nurses from such different backgrounds. Um, you know, some of them. Um, have worked, uh, have been a midwife in a previous life. Some of them have worked in cardiology, been orthopedic nurses, some of them have been managers, educators. And I saw so much unique value by each nurse. But when we get, when it gets to our rostering, you know, we, we try and roster according to um, levels of experience. But there's very little, especially in the on-demand space, even from our casual nurses, not even, not to mention our nursing agency nurses that arrive, we don't know anything about them. And I've got so many friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got so many friends that got to a point in their career where they've had kids or they want flexibility. So they move to the casual pool um, or they go into agency. Mm. But even in the casual pool, you know, you step back into the, the department that you've worked in for the last six years and the new nurses don't know anything about your skills, your background. So you get allocated these really basic patients. Uh, sorry, yeah. I say that. I say that. Yeah, I think yeah. I, as an ICU nurse, you'd, you'd mm. probably get what I mean. Mm. Um, and there's very little that values that that nurse's awesome work experience, skills, competencies, uh, and values their unique contribution. Mm. And I just knew that technology and creating that informed clinical decision making 
was a really important part of that placement and it's not currently done. Mm. So you've got this. Um, so then when you look at the, at the current recruitment agency model where you've got random nurses being placed by middleman recruitment agencies who, you know, in many instances do a great job of placing those nurses, um, sometimes leave a bit to be desired. Mm. But essentially it's an anonymous nurse arriving on shift to look after patients. They're being, not being allocated well, in some instances not, not trusted or respected by the regular staff because the you assume the lowest common denominator from that nurse. And then when I found out what recruitment agencies were charging for that placement and then the flow-on effect of that when hospitals get 10 months into the year mm. and have spent $3 million on recruitment agency fees alone, they then go and block block all use of agency staff to meet budgets and leave us to work short-staffed. So, mm. so many problems in there where I knew there needed to be a more efficient system. Mm. But long-winded answer to your question, sorry, no, but I... it's quite a big background. I absolutely love everything that you just spoke about there. And I think, you know, it it shows us that it's really important to kind of stop and step back and really stop and think. And I think, you know, as a nurse manager, people listening, um, we get so caught up in the day-to-day work that we do. And we maybe don't pay attention to the things on the periphery, like that agency nurse that's arrived. Oh, crap, we need staff. Like, you know, get in, get the work done. And we never really stop and take stock of the impact on the staff, the impact on the culture, the impact on the budget, the impact on morale, um, the impact on the agency nurse. And as an agency nurse like yourself, I have gone towards before and they're like, oh, agency's here, great. You know, and it's that whole vibe of like, oh, well, we need to put a bum on a seat, but um, you know, we weren't hoping for you today. Like we were hoping for someone else. And that's really demoralizing that impacts the nurse's kind of self-worth and so many things that we could talk about there. And it also impacts that that nurse's first ever experience of this hospital. And talent acquisition is, a, you know, the workforce is the single biggest challenge facing healthcare today. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if that's going to be this nurse's first experience at your organization, they're not going to want to come back again. Um, uh, so it's about nurturing that whole experience and mm. uh, that the on-demand piece is very reactive um, and so that's why it's like quick fill the job um, you know don't worry about what skills they have don't worry about how they're placed they might not be back tomorrow when in actual fact it's been happening for 30 years mm. and it's in many instances it's here to stay because if well if the turbulence of the last 12 months has shown us anything is that workforce mobility is a key part of the, the future of uh, at one aspect of solving the workforce crisis that we're in. It needs to be a better experience for nurses, hospitals, and ultimately patients to get patients more specialised care. Absolutely. And I guess that's where you know, innovative solutions like UPage come in, whereby you know, we're, you're using tech to, to fill this huge gap that has just become routine um, and it's just become day-to-day part of nursing managers lives director of nursing executive board discussions you know we need to reduce agency costs or we're getting people that are not uh, meeting our patient safety needs um mm-hmm. you know let's bring it back to the patient which i love you do on your website and you talk about that a lot is the impact on the patient is hugely significant um and with a with a industry whereby we're now focusing on you know reducing hospital card complications we're trying to improve patient safety to the highest level, yet we have a workforce that maybe is, well, is 100% overworked, underappreciated, mm-hmm. um, burnt out due to the pandemic, um, and so much more undervalued 
we could talk for hours on that. General solutions like you paged are essential for us to be able to move forward um, and you know, even have a sustainable health system uh, post-COVID because the budget deficit post-COVID is just going to be immense. You paged, I uh, obviously was, was not born overnight. So let's talk about nursepreneurship and, and how you kind of got to this point. And what are the, some, some of the learnings maybe that you've had along the way? Because nurses have lots of great ideas. And sometimes we're put in a box or we, we think that we take on the identity of the nurse by the bedside and we kind of limit our scope almost. So, so tell us a little bit about that. I'll start by saying that I think it is so important that it is clinicians out there solving problems for clinicians. Uh, I'm not sure if, if nurses, how many nurses are aware of this, but most of the technology that we use day to day was built for the financial services sector. So it, it's no wonder that it, I think last time I counted, it was 92 clicks to complete a Waterloo score. Mm. And I, it, we don't have time for that. No. <laughs> um, it's um, it, it's absolutely mad. There needs to be nurses understanding what it's like on the floor, working in a hospital, and solving the problems that we've got. So I'm really passionate about nurses working to solve those problems. Now, that doesn't mean you have to go and start a tech venture. It mm. could mean you work in informatics. It could mean you become a UX designer on the side and you consult to tech companies to um, to understand the user experience of a clinician because you've got that insight of how a hospital or aged care facility works. Mm. But I'd love to see more crossover with that. And I think we're really uniquely placed. And this was what, something that was really helpful for me. Full-time is anywhere between three and five shifts a week. Um, you know, if you're five shifts a week, you're finishing at 3.30 in, in the afternoon or you've got more, the morning free to do extra study. Just follow your passions in that time. Mm. Um, we, we're flexible we can drop back to part-time so that was kind of how I initially got into it um, in ICU doing 12-hour shifts full-time three days a week I started with an idea and I think I'd finished my post-grad one week and I started twiddling my thumb thinking what now <laughs> 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 and, um, and I delved into writing a business plan because I thought well I'm not going to spend any money on anything until I've thought of all the different things that I need to consider so that business plan became 52 pages long. Um, wow. I got a prototype built. I needed to work out how much to how much to charge customers to find that sweet spot of saving the money, but also making sure that this was um, this was profitable. Um, and th- that I don't think there's anything um, to be afraid of in making a product profitable because mm-hmm. uh, where something's profitable, you can you can reinvest that and create a better experience. Um, uh, so I think that's a really important part of it. Um, so here I was with a prototype, a financial model, and a 52-page business plan. Um, so I put that in front of two hospital CEOs. Who Hospital CEOs are hard to get in front of. That's, that's one of the challenges. <laughs> and I didn't want to go through my workplace uh, because mm-hmm. that's it's not really something that's supported. And I don't think it's their fault in particular. I think that's the system doesn't mm. support it um, and it's a real shame and I think it's something that we need to look at more closely there's a big um, intellectual property grab uh, because of that that's not very conducive to the problems in healthcare being solved by the right people um, so I made sure I kept that really separate um, from my workplace but I, uh, I got in front of two private hospital CEOs and both of them looked at it and were like, well, this makes sense because that's one of our biggest problems and we spend too much money on it and we don't get value out of the current model. Um, so they both gave a letter of support. Um, 
And so with that, I we got a prototype built. The prototype was pretty bad, I'll be honest. Sorry, not a prototype, an MVP. Um, they say that an MVP is a minimum viable product. So yeah. you want to get the leanest version of your product out to market to validate that it's worth spending more money on to make it better. The MVP was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> they say if you're not embarrassed of your first product, you've wait, you've taken too long to um, to There's deploy. A, yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so I teach that box. <laughs> Which is an important um, book to take because I always talk about, well, I don't, Brene Brown does, but shitty first draft. Do you know, it's always yeah. good to have your SFD. Like, what's your shitty yeah. first draft? And then exactly. take it from there. <laughs> yeah. And even though I diss it, it was... It was a really important part of the journey. Mm. You know, we um, had hospital managers booking nurses with it and nurses signing up, but we learned what they lo- what they like and we learned really well what they don't like as well. Mm. Um, and so that informed our second version of the platform really well. And uh, at that stage, I brought on a UX designer um, and once she'd done her designs, I actually got in there myself and moved things around and reworded it and tested it with a bunch of nurses uh, and it was an important part, part like process to go through, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think to to answer your question, though, about what that process was like, I, I think it is intimidating for nurses to get into the business space and not just nurses, any healthcare professional, because the healthcare system is a unique beast of its own. Like we don't speak the corporate language at all, but I don't think that matters as long as you are the, you know, you, the business world looks at us as the subject matter experts mm-hmm. and it's when I talk to VCs it venture capitalists it's really important to them that I am a clinician and that I understand this problem firsthand that I'm the right person solving that problem mm-hmm. um, you can learn business skills you can hire accountants you can hire lawyers um, you can hire developers uh, but we are the subject matter experts uh, and I think that's an important one to remember yeah, we, we live in the world of outsourcing. You can do a lot of things now. Um, stay in your lane, you know, dabble in different things and sample and uh, and still develop an amazing product. Um, staying true to yourself and what you know. Super inspiring. I love that story. I'd love to um, ask you about how you go from working on the floor um, and then being in the CEO's office within a health setting and kind of like what I'm really interested in the mindset. Like, did you have to go through any mindset shifts or any challenges um, to get to that point? Yeah, I think um, probably I'm not the most, I wasn't always a very confident person. Um, I, it was really uh, nerve wracking for me, but I think everything came back to solving problems. And when you're I'm not pitching them to say, hey, I want to make all this money. I'm pitching them to them saying, hey, there's this problem, this myriad of problems, and I think I've got a solution to solve it. I'd love to know what your feedback is. So I'm not even pitching it to them saying sign on the dotted line. I'm saying, can you give me feedback on this? Is this something that would solve your problems? Talk to me about, like, I want to better understand what your biggest challenges are to know if my platform solves that, my potential platform solves that. So Anytime I brought it back to what problem we're solving, it actually doesn't matter about what my platform is. It's all about what are your problems and how are we going to solve it? Um, the technology is just the, the means to do that. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think that was the mindset shift because it's, um, it, it is a different experience. But um, I think 
anytime we're, we're I think in even in nursing you're always going through different um, challenges in your career whether it's uh, applying for that next level job you're doing everything for the first time mm. I think it's just all about preparation uh, making sure that you're prepared for that meeting yeah I love that I love that so in terms of you page now um what does it look like now and what does it offer to nurses and um, workplaces mm. So for nurses, um, it does a myriad of things. At its simplest, it's a it's a uh, nursing workforce passport. So it's a place where you can store your digital portfolio, um, store your work experience, your statements of service, skills, certificates, postgraduate study, all your mandatory training. You've got to store your vaccination records somewhere. Um, or working with children, clinic. everything that you need to get a job can be stored in this one portfolio. Um, from there, that can, if you wish, uh, we can verify your profile and enable it to connect you to on-demand work. Now, whether that's shift-by-shift, shift, term contracts or permanent placements, um, it will enable that, facilitate that connection in a really informed and meaningful way. So we even have this little uh, match summary. We'll say how much of a match you are for the job, but we don't just leave it at that. You can actually double-click on that and it'll give a breakdown of exactly why you're a good match for it. And that's the exact same thing that the facility sees as well. Um, so then it's up to the nurse if they want to you know, try a challenging new area. They might not get accepted for a job if the manager's like, no, look, I really do need someone with this specific skill set. Um, but at least both people are, both parties are really informed about how, how good a match they are. Um, then one of the other really key parts of it is this feedback loop that we generate. Um, mm-hmm. So at the end of every, every shift, um, the nurse provides the hospital, nurse signs off their timesheet and provides the hospital a rating and testimonial. So that's the hospital getting feedback on a shift-by-shift basis of the, from this perspective of someone just arriving new, brand new to their facility or department. Uh, then on the other hand, the hospital will also sign off the timesheet and provide the nurse a rating and testimonial. Now that doesn't just give feedback, but it also encourages both parties to look after each other more because they both care about the rating that they're earning. Um, for nurses, it's that that bit of feedback, like, thanks so much for coming. It was a busy shift, um, but you did really well in a new environment. Or mm. um, or if it is constructive feedback, it's put in amongst, um, in, a, in amongst positive feedback. So it's delivered in a much nicer way. It's such an important part and a big differentiator of what makes you paged different to that anonymous transaction where you're, you're placed by a middleman recruiter uh, because that nurse has actually been booked for their skills and experience and then um, signed off to give that that nudge of feedback. Uh, a really key part of it. Some of the other things that are probably that we're gearing up to soon is um, to go further and, and create digital resumes. Um, and that'll be really key because it doesn't matter if you're not finding work through UPage. You've got all this awesome information in there. Um, let's, and I've seen a lot of nurse resumes and they mm. often leave a little bit to be desired. <laughs> yep. And that's a shame because you're, you're shooting yourself, nurses are shooting themselves mm. in the foot, not putting their best foot forward and really um, showcasing what skills and, and experiences that they gained out of each piece of work experience. Mm. Uh, so that'll be a future feature. And then going one step further then, to never have to fill out all that paperwork every time you get a new job. Um, you get a new job and it's just like, well, here's a QR mm. code or a, or a secure link to access all of my onboarding documents that you can hand to the hospital's HR department. Yeah. So much better than going filling out their 26 pages of paper paperwork every time yeah. you get a new job. It's amazing. I love that idea. 
because you know i was thinking about this recently obviously like yourself i work with a lot of people and look at resumes and i was thinking how outdated the system is you know that we have to sit here and write a one-page selection two-page selection criteria that quite frankly like i don't write them for people but people will pay to have them written by a random hr professional um and you know, nursing is a, it's a people focused profession. Like I want to know as a manager, like the feedback loop is amazing, but I also probably maybe even want to see like a video of you interacting. Like I want to see like, hi, I'm like TikTok. Like, hi, I'm Liam. Like I love ICU nursing and I'd love to come and work for X hospital. Like yeah. that's where the future. We were just talking about this yesterday. Oh that's my so goodness. Cool. Yeah. You know, it, it's it needs seen- to go. Have you seen on LinkedIn? Um, I'm not sure how many nurses use LinkedIn, but you should. Mm. I find it more interesting than my Facebook newsfeed. If yes. you can follow the all most interesting companies and keep abreast of uh, interesting things that are happening in whatever area you want. Anyway, they have a thing on on LinkedIn profiles now. So many hard to pronounce names, and you feel like such a goose when you arrive at a meeting and you don't know how you've got to ask the person how they pronounce their name. On LinkedIn now, you can record how you pronounce your name. And have it next to your profile, next to your profile image. That's so good. How cool is that? So imagine yeah. if before you arrive on shift, the manager can just listen to how to pronounce your name. Mm, mm. It makes it so much better than that awkward exchange where you're not using their name because you're worried you might offend them. Yeah, that personalized touch. Yeah. And and even, you know, on the other end of the sorry, we're just riffing here, folks, but I love Ooh. it. Even on the <laughs> other end of like managers, you know, I've sat on recruitment panels where we've been hiring AINs and we've looked at 200 applications, you know, like after the first three applications, I'm probably done. Like, it's just not, it's not a good use of my time. Uh, We still don't know by the end of the 200 resume analysis that whether or not we've got the right people. And then we interview 10 of them or 20 of them and take three days out of our actual job, which means that we lose three days of, of, of our work. Um, And we do it on the weekend because we have to catch up. It's just a vicious cycle. Like, yeah. you know, I think that's one of the, I love that you touch on that, that healthcare is kind of almost plagued by all of these systems that are created by people that are not clinicians that have no insight to what we're doing. Yeah. I think there's a fine line as well. I did hear someone challenge that kind of automated interview process. And I'm not saying do away with the interview, but uh, we've looked at, you know, bringing in that, here, give a little mm. um, video testimonial, talk about yourself, tell us what your superpower is. We often, whenever we're hiring internally a new page, we get everyone to tell us what their, what their superpower is. <laughs> um, and um, we'd love to put that in on a video. We've had some nurses challenge it in when we've looked at health tech forums and nurses got a, a digital interview where they had to record something. And they were a bit like, is this what we've, what we've reverted to? I don't even get to speak to a person now. Um, I think as long as it's part of the, of they're aware that this is just one step. This is just, you know, mm. a way of us shortlisting you. So put your best foot forward, smile, look at the camera, do that. As long as we're coaching them um, to put their best foot forward and that this is just one part of it to set you apart mm. from everything else because, well, a resume isn't going to tell us what kind of person you are and how in, how uh, what your interpersonal skills are like. Um mm. So, yeah, I think it's about making sure that technology is fit for purpose Yeah. in that instance. Otherwise, yeah. it can be, it can go the wrong way. Nursing is, is, is just so important that, 
you have that kind of um, vibe with someone once you first mm-hmm. meet them, do you know, um, it's that whole idea of patient experience as well. Do you know, mm-hmm. patient has a nurse come into the room. You want to make sure that that nurse is, is kind, respectful, gentle. Mm-hmm. And we would assume that most are, but there are people that aren't. Um, and as an employer, you want to kind of be able to identify that straight off the bat. And some people just have that superpower, don't they? They just have that aura and energy. Mm-hmm. And do you know, why not embrace the tech and, and streamline these processes so that yeah. we can get back to what, we, what we're good at doing, which is looking after people and doing it well, releasing yeah, the time exactly. to care. We really support that transition to permanent work through the platform. So uh, while we, I'm not the biggest advocate for on-demand work, but it's what people want. So we'll, um, yeah. we'll offer it in a more meaningful way for nurses and hospitals. Uh, but then we fully support that transition to permanent. So my preferred thing is not even do an interview, actually just do a bunch of shifts there. If you both like each other and the mm. nurse experiences that department and they think this place is great, I really like the people, I like the patient load, um, I like the manager, then I'll take a job there and we go, great, mm. you know, here's all the onboarding documents. Uh, whereas I'm not sure if nurses are really aware, but uh, recruitment agencies will typically charge between five and $15,000 for that. And it's not until after you go to get the job at the hospital that you find out that that's that that's a blocker mm-hmm. um so no i think the technology yes we'll we'll do the applicant tracking system and make that a nicer experience in the platform um, but for me the gold standard would be just jump in there and do some shifts there see if you do like it yeah that whole idea try before you buy and like mm-hmm. you say you know we spend a lot of time at work like i think i did a post yesterday or something to 13 years at work um, we want to be happy and and the the missing gap the missing point for me looking for jobs and I imagine this is across the nursing profession is I look at a hospital I go well what's it going to be like am I going to have a good manager am I going to have a bad manager what's the culture like is there bullying you know not to be negative but those are some of the things mm. that we experience as healthcare professionals um, yeah. in a high stress profession so that feedback loop that ability to see try before you buy test and see what kind of feedback coaching you're almost getting from the workplace kind of gives you an indicator as to the culture and whether or not you want to work there permanently I love that idea I think it's great um we get managers call us and say oh can you get us a nurse and we were like oh we can help you attract a nurse um but you know what are you going to do to attract a nurse yes. it's, it's like shifting that like yeah we can put that in the marketplace uh, I'm not sure if we'll get someone for that rate of pay or for this particular short shift we can put it out there and see mm. um, but we're really changing that mindset of the, the hospital is attracting the nurse um, yeah you know and, and the nurse is doing the same they're trying to attract yeah. the managers to their profile so how can people um kind of sign up with you paged uh, how can they find you there might be managers listening what, what do they need to do yeah so easiest place is our website we've got live chat that's um that's pretty closely monitored uh so u-p-a-g-e-d.com otherwise find me on linkedin zara lord um, I'm pretty, uh, I always love a chat with a with a nurse or a hospital manager. Um, we are live in Sydney, but we, especially through COVID, have had work op- opportunities for nurses right across Australia. So um, it never hurts just to do the basics of the UPage profile, even if it's just putting in your work experience and skills so that uh, if we do get an opportunity that suits you, you're the first to be notified either by, by email or SMS. Um, but really important that we know exactly what skills and work experience someone mm. has so that we can target you appropriately and make sure the right messages get to the right people. Um, the compliance stuff can come later. 
Uh, but yeah, we're we're growing pretty fast, um, and we're hoping to launch in uh, Melbourne and Brisbane before the end of the year. Um, uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely in Sydney, we're live at the moment. Awesome. And in terms of uh, how long does it take somebody to sign up? Depends how organised you are. If you have all of your documents, you can have it loaded up in in under an hour. Uh, our police checks typically come back within sort of six hours, and you could be practicing the next day. Um, but it's uh, typically it's a case of finding your TB vaccination or um, pulling out that mandatory training. So it just depends whether you've got um, access to things like your evidence of year level, um, like your your manual handling, basic life support, um, all of that stuff. But um, we're very contactable. So at any point a nurse is stuck, they can reach out to us. Um, via the live chat and we'll help them build their profile awesome I love that and having gone through like yourself having gone through agencies in the past it takes days if not weeks sometimes months to onboard which you know gets you on the wrong foot from the get-go so um it's it's awesome that that's expedited and and you're you know on the ground running the next day potentially yeah and a lot of that that work with the agency is about filling out the paperwork going to the going to the office and it's actually less unfortunately about getting to know you and what you're looking for and what you're specialized in um so i think the um all of our time is spent on making sure that your work experience and the what mm-hmm. um description you put with that work experience is really well suited to uh, to portray the best version of you that it locking the nurse's potential like it's mm-hmm. it's branding isn't it it's it comes back mm-hmm. to that personal branding of the nurse and what makes you unique I talk about it all the time in coaching when we do you know paper resumes is like mm-hmm. yeah you can give us a cliche statement um but the the, the standard agencies aren't even doing that like you say it's mm-hmm. just come in sign up you're good to go mm-hmm. and there's no kind of branding and we'll just pop you wherever there's a gap whereby you guys are really focusing on that fact like you bring this awesome skill set and this is how you can attract mm-hmm. great work in great workplaces exactly the other thing is we love feedback Uh, in the same way that we create this feedback loop between the nurse and and facility we love getting the feedback and there's nothing better than a nurse writing in and saying look this was great but i'd also love it if it did this because we're building this for nurses we want it Mm. to showcase who you are and if it's not able to do that properly tell us about it Um, because the great thing about technology is it's it's constantly evolving and if we get that feedback from nurses, it goes straight into the product. Um, mm. So we don't want to take just our uh, our opinion of what we think should be in there. We'd love to hear from nurses and and how they want to interact with it. This stuff is the future of healthcare. It's very, very exciting. And I'm so pleased uh, to have uh, spoken to you to get to know you. And I'm so excited to watch this as it evolves and grows. What's one that you kind of like last leaving point? What's one thing that you would want to say to someone that might be listening who is who has a great idea, who is maybe thinking of, you know, jumping ship from their clinical work or doing something innovative, creative in the business world? What would you say to them? Oh. This so much. That's a big reach question. Out <laughs> reach out to me. We've got this awesome community of um, health tech founders uh, that we all lean on for advice and support. So there's people out there. You're not alone. Just do it is is what I would say. Um, but but don't spend any money on it until you've um, until you've written the business plan. Or um, it, there's plenty of accelerator programs out there. Now they're not the be all and end all, and you've got to find a good one. Uh, but there's so many angles you can go to. It just depends on what kind of business you're building. Uh, but certainly if it's in the health tech space, um, I, I'd love to hear from you and share some of my, um, share some of my experience with, um, with anyone who's, 
interested to get into that space. Such gold there. Thank you so, so much. Um, Take action, people. If you're listening, do it. We'd love to be a part of that. Thank you, Zara, so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me, Liam. So I'm interrupting this episode to let you know about an amazing offer that's been made to high-performance nursing listeners. I have partnered with Dignity Health Global Education, who are offering 1,000, yes, that's right, 1,000 scholarships for professionals across healthcare who are interested in advancing their education to invest in their careers and make an impact in their communities. They have over $3 million worth, that's US dollars, worth of scholarships so that you can study an online course with them. So let me tell you a little bit more. Um, It's open to nurses across the globe um, and they've made the process really simple for you to apply. I will drop the link into the description of this episode. There are a few different courses that you can take. So a certificate in nurse leadership, a certificate in healthcare leadership, Um, a certificate in healthcare analytics for decision makers, healthcare project management, innovation in healthcare, you can do a mini MBA, you can do a mini MBA in rural healthcare, and you can also do a full MBA or even an RN to BSN in the US. Now this scholarship applies to all nurses in both Australia and New Zealand, wherever you're listening, um, and also in the US, of course, as well. Scholarships range from $1,500 US dollars, apologies, to $30,000. So, for example, if you were to choose to sign up for the MBA in healthcare at North Arizona University, you could get that for free. That's right. So, um, If you're interested in learning more or just applying, the process is super simple. The link is in the bio of this episode and I'll be sharing it all over my social media channels. Just make sure that you include Jeffrey Roche and the country that you're in um, and maybe just put that you've come from high performance nursing there. I do not get a kickback from this. Um, It is purely just an amazing opportunity that you guys should know about and definitely apply for um, to help you grow within your careers. So uh, I look forward to hearing who has signed up and um, how you get going. Thank you so much for listening. I would love if you could leave a review and rate this podcast wherever you listen. Please feel free to tag us on social media and make sure you share it with your nursing peers so they don't miss out on all this goodness. Until next time, my high-performance friends, stay forever curious.